This is the news from the Lord. We're at war with the most dangerous enemy that has ever faced mankind in his long climb from the swamp to the stars. And it's been said if we lose that war and in so doing lose this way of freedom of ours, history will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. Not too long ago, two friends of mine were talking to a Cuban refugee, a businessman who had escaped from Castro. And in the midst of his story, one of my friends turned to the other and said, we don't know how lucky we are. And the Cuban stopped and said, how lucky you are. I had some place to escape to. And in that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. And this idea that government is beholden to the people, that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people, is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man. This is the issue of this election. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. Hello, America. This is Jeffrey Lord welcoming you to another uh, in our series of The Word of the Lord. And I am speaking to you from Lordville. Yes, indeed. 56 years ago, on October 27, 1964, my old boss, Ronald Reagan, then a private citizen, made his national political debut by delivering a televised speech titled, A Time for Choosing. Among other things, he said this, and I'm quoting him directly. Not too long ago, two friends of mine were talking to a Cuban refugee, a businessman who had escaped from Castro. And in the midst of his story, one of my friends turned to the other and said, we don't know how lucky we are. And the Cuban stopped and said, how lucky you are? How lucky are you? Uh, I had some place to escape to. And in, in that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose our freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. This is the issue of this election, whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives better than we can plan them for ourselves, unquote. So here we are 56 years later, and President Reagan's words are more relevant than ever as we approach Election Day of 2020. Simply put, the choice we face is this. Who runs America? Is it us, the American people, or is it the swamp, the world of Joe Biden and his friends, <clears throat> trading influence for big family bucks, the swamp where shadow fi shadowy figures in Washington bureaucracies plot to bring down an elected president because he is not one of them? Who runs America? Hardworking Americans, hundreds of thousands of whom are Pennsylvanians who work in the fracking and oil industries? Or will it be the swamp elites who would tend, as Joe Biden admitted in that debate the other night, that they want to shut down fracking and the oil industry, putting millions out of work? Recently, a Mr. Andrew Michta, the dean of the College of International and Security Studies at the George C. Marshall European Center for Security Studies in Germany, wrote a piece for the Wall Street German, uh, Journal that was headlined, 
The American experiment is on life support. Neo-Marxists on the street and in institutions want to erase their opponents and deconstruct the country. I just want to read a little of what Mr. Mekta wrote, because I think it is spot on, and I'm quoting him here. Death to America is a common refrain from Antifa rioters from Portland, Oregon to Kenosha, Wisconsin. Children are in the streets calling for the country's destruction, while mobs of college kids trash public spaces, filming themselves as though part of a performance art spectacle. Neither political party has been willing or able to end this anarchy. Extremism becomes more entrenched in American politics with each passing day. These acts of violence, he wrote, encapsulate five decades of neo-Marxist indoctrination in American schools, colleges, and universities. The left's long march through the institutions is all but complete. Extreme intolerance has now replaced the liberal notion of negotiated compromise that is the sine qua non of democracy. Americans, young Americans especially, those raised in middle class or affluent homes, have been brainwashed so that they can no longer notice how absurd it is to call for the eradication of their own nation state and to do so in the lingo of Iran's mullahs. He goes on. Their ignorance of history is the hallmark of the current crisis. Few seem able to grasp the complex, often painful, but on balance, grand story of America, one that is an example of what a people committed to individual freedom can achieve. Instead, they have been indoctrinated to reduce American life to a racial binary of whites versus people of color. It's much like the communist binary of the bourgeoisie versus the proletariat that the Bolsheviks used to seize power in 1917, with millions perishing in the totalitarian Soviet experiment that followed. The violence, he writes, suggests that tribalism, based on group identity, is poised to succeed the larger national community that for more than two centuries has protected and expanded freedom around the world. The assault on the constitutional right of citizens to speak freely unless they affirm first the increasingly intolerant orthodoxy has been unrelenting. The nation's freedom is being abridged by incessant charges of structural racism, white privilege, homophobia, and intolerance, with few pausing to consider the effect on liberal traditions. Today, the neo-Marxists control almost all areas of elite discourse in the U.S., and thus can cancel any opposition by hurling populism or racism at anyone who refuses to submit to their ideological line. As cities burn, he writes, and radical radicalists push to resegregate public spaces, the deconstruction of the American nation is coming dangerously close to completion. The Western nation-state, as the irreducible unit of the international system, is weaker than at any time since the end of World War II. The neo-Marxist left is separating the institutions of American democracy from their national foundations. If they succeed, he closes, the U.S. will over time lose its Republican culture and morph into a state in which the new aristocracy wields power over a disenfranchised and impoverished populace. The stakes are in full view for anyone to see, unquote. Mr. Mikta sounds like an updated version of Ronald Reagan to me, and he is correct. But I would suggest that the American people are awake and aware of what is happening, and they are responding. This week, I had the opportunity to attend a Trump rally 
in Lidditz, Pennsylvania. It was packed with some fifteen to 20,000 very, very enthusiastic Trump supporters. A friend attending with me thoughtfully looked around at what she was seeing and said, this isn't a movement. This is a revolution. She was right. There is no way thousands and thousands of Americans will turn out on a rainy day and a cold day at that in the middle of Pennsylvania just for any candidate. They are turning out because while they may not have seen Mr. Mickta's article, they understand in their bones what is going on with their country, and they are showing up at Trump rallies to make it plain that they are going to stand up for the country they love. What I saw in Pennsylvania and what is on display as the president campaigns at one mammoth rally after another is what I call the Trump revolution. It is a revolution to stand up and fight the snobby elites who have anointed and appointed themselves as the unelected rulers of a reconstructed America, an America which all of us are, are in which all of us are to be judged by race, gender, age, and even geography. If you live in the swamp or Washington or New York or Beverly Hills or Seattle, you count. If you live in flyover country, you don't. It is, I'm afraid, as simple as that. And the fellow Americans in this surging Trump revolution understand this in their bones, and they are fighting back. What's going to happen on Election Day? I have no idea. But win, lose, or draw, the Trump revolution is here to stay. And it will go on long, long after Donald Trump leaves the scene. So that's it. Thanks for listening, my friends. I hope you're out there participating in this Trump revolution. And please visit my website, The Jeffrey Lord. And yes, keep fighting. You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. Man's old age dream, the ultimate in individual freedom consistent with law and order, or down to the ant heap of totalitarianism. These are not Republican accusations. For example, they have voices that say the Cold War will end through our acceptance of a not undemocratic socialism. Another voice says the profit motive has become outmoded. It must be replaced by the incentives of the welfare state or our traditional system of individual freedom is incapable of solving the complex problems of the 20th century, that the Constitution is outmoded. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. Winston Churchill said the destiny of man is not measured by material computations. When great forces are on the move in the world, we learn we're spirits, not animals. And he said there's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. You and I have the ability and the dignity and the right to make our own decisions and determine our own destiny. That's the word of the Lord. 